two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Yes, we are. We are. We have started in football season. They've had. Well, as of the time of this recording, uh, uh, our football team has has two games uh, under their belt. Two wins. Two in the W column. Um, we'll see when this actually gets published. Hopefully, we're, we'll be three and zero by that point. We have a we have an NHL. Hockey team here, the Blue Jackets. We, of course, have Major League Soccer, the crew. Uh, but we also have this fun minor league baseball team, uh, the Columbus Clippers. And uh, that's what the Mrs. Wizard, Wizard and I did over the weekend. They uh, had had a had a home game. Tickets are like nothing. Uh, I don't know, it's like, it's like five bucks to get in, something like that. <clears throat> uh and she even had like a work deal like, oh, hey, employees, um, if you want to sign up for free tickets to to see the Clippers ball game, go, go sign up here. So so we did that and it was great, you know, uh, had like horrible stadium hot dogs. Um, oh, yeah. Got got sunburnt one last time for the year so I can cross that off of my list. <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, like maybe like, I don't, I don't know if this completely counts towards my, um, 15 seconds of fame, but, uh, in the bottom of the eighth, um, one of our guys hit a home run, uh, totally where, where we were sitting. Um, and if you go to the, uh, Columbus Clippers, uh, Twitter page, you can see this home run, and if you squint just right, you'll see me kind of lounging out on the on the grass lawn area because that's where we were. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, oh shoot, there's a baseball coming our way! Yay! And I start clapping. <laughs> so, eagle-eyed listeners can find can find me at uh, at Huntington Park. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was a great day. Uh, nice, nice and sunny. Like I said, got a little sunburnt. Had some good. And some good beer, some good base. Well, not, I don't know if it was the best baseball because we lost, what was it, like 13 to like two or something like that. We kind of got walloped. Um, but uh, that's just how it goes, you know. Sometimes you get out there, try your best, and then you just get your shit kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled up the Twitter page and I totally found you. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> See me just kind of sprawled out there all gangly and. Not really paying yep. attention, and then I see this like flock of kids like scrambling around me. I was like, "Oh God, oh, home home run, yay!" <laughs> Your lazy like little sit up clap deal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look like you're enjoying the game, buddy. Fucking it it, it's it awesome. was, yeah, it was. It was it was nice. I was, yeah, two or three beers in by that point, but it was. I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, you did it right, and that's yeah, yeah. And there's there's all sorts for all different types of people, and hopefully. You, you will be in for a good time, dear listener. Maybe you're wearing your short shorts and have your pasty thighs just gleaming in the sunlight. And you'll start to like give a sort of half-hearted slow clap uh, when you're listening to this, the Two Wizards podcast. <laughs> uh, but welcome. It's wonderful to have you joining us. Uh, always great to be here. And my name is Josh and I'm a wizard. 
And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard, and yeah, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Josh. Um, you. You, you Twitter-famous guy, <laughs> you. I don't know. <laughs> well, I also took... That's cool. Um, like, yeah, well, also, like, right right when we got there, too, I took a little cute picture from the from the lawn there and said, great day for a baseball game at CLB Clippers, and... I think it was during the seventh inning stretch, or maybe shortly thereafter, on the big jumbotron, they were showing various tweets and, and other social media, and 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 I got my tweet put up there too. So, oh hell yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I mean it'd be one hell of a rabbit hole if we pick up any new listeners from <laughs> me me tweeting a picture um, of the of the baseball <laughs> game. But who knows, man? Who knows? Um, uh, but yes, it is great to be here once again, and thematically. We are we 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 will be talking. Well, we will be talking about something that kind of sort of maybe has to do with a thing like baseball. Uh, but before that, we have some other important business uh, that we have to address. We're we're in cups, mugs. What are we doing now? Mugs, mugs, mugs. We're mugs. Cups Wizard's last mug. season. We're mugs this season. That's right. I forget. I what forget is in too. your wizard's drinking vessel of choice? You know oh, what? There, there no. We go. You know what? No. For tonight, for tonight's theme, um, Josh. What is in your wizard's? Uh, Beer helmet. <laughs> well, the, and I have a completely appropriate choice for that. Um, I have uh, two Tallboy 16 ounce uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon that will Ooh, be right nourishing. Yeah, it'll be nourishing me through through tonight's uh, episode. How about you, Mark? What's what's drinking good tonight? Um, in keeping with our theme that will be revealed here shortly, I thought, well, what do you do when you do the thing we're going to do? That's right. You drink shitty beer and eat chili. And I like to make my chili with shitty Coors banquet beer. So I will be drinking Coors banquet beer. There we are. I found the shittier the beer, the better the outcome. It is. No, it is. 100%. Uh, and I guess with that in mind, here's on you, buddy. Cheers. Good buddy. Oh God, Coors is so gross. (laughs) (laughs) it tastes like rotten wet earth yeah (laughs) it's amazing yeah like it really makes you think like man Smokey and the Bandit that whole that whole premise just it really was anything goes in the 70s wasn't it like oh we gotta get this Coors across the Mississippi (laughs) I I'm sure at one point it was you know it was like how PBR won the medal in what 1893 or something. Uh, I'm sure at one point Coors was good, but that point yeah. has long since passed. And also kudos to you, sir. It absolutely was 1893. <laughs> I was as I'm, as I'm ch- <laughs> double checking the can here, uh, doing that. Well, okay, but so I guess we have talked about it, and yeah. if you've if you're listening to this, you've already seen the episode title. Uh, Mark, what is our discussion topic this time around? Uh, well, it's fall. It's the best time of the year. This, this come out, what, the third week in September, I think. Yeah, um, I think so. and by now a couple seasons of sports have started and I got to ask you the question, Josh, are you ready for some sports ball? Yes, we are. We are not talking all of the sports because as also, a, a common refrain: there are, I there are many podcasts on many different sports, and we humble wizards that that we are, uh, we're just we're just we're just sort of giving a little taste. We're just giving a little uh, little schmeckin of uh, yeah, just just some just some of the sports that you'll find, 
And, and and yes, we also are, are being intentional about being a little more seasonally minded. Uh, so even though I let off with the story of me watching baseball, and yes, I know that uh, Major League Baseball playoffs are also totally during this time. Uh, but I don't think we're really going to talk about baseball. <laughs> we're going to skip yeah, that one. Well, when, when, when we were kind of like hashing out the outline for this, we were kind of, you know, picking and choosing what sports to do. And it's like, well, should we do baseball? Do you like it? No, not really. Do you like it? Oh, God, no. It was, <laughs> at least this way, we're going to talk about things that you and I actually have some type of personal stake in right. that we enjoy. Yeah, yeah, personal stake. Well, and also, like, this is the start of the fall going into winter sports season. So right. so the right. things we will be talking about are much... So if there's a huge demand for us to come back to sports part two, maybe in the spring, because that's when baseball season, you know, so we'll pick some kind of spring sports like baseball and... Uh, well, no, I guess... Dressage, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, dressage, track. <laughs> what does one do, do in the spring for yeah. sport? <laughs> right. Track, um, uh, deep sea fishing. Yeah, deep uh, sea you got to hit that tuna run. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because I was also thinking tennis because the U.S. Open just concluded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, just rounded out. Yeah, so 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 yeah. If 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 there's if there's a huge clamor for you and I to talk about sports like, again, then we can do that. We can do that um, in the spring sometime and do some other stuff. But we if we are going to do baseball, we probably need to get Johnny on because he actually okay. Yeah, there we go. He, he actually likes the sport. So yeah. Well, and <laughs> and even though we are going to discuss another sport that I know, Brad, uh, co-host of the I can't wait to show my kids. I know he's really into basketball. Um, but yeah. But, but for right now, at least, we, that is going to be one of ours. So we're going to be talking about basketball. Uh, we're going to be talking about football uh, because, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It is time for that. Um, and a little hockey, right? A little NHL action? A little action. bit of hockey. And, okay. Yeah, and then a couple a couple obscure sports, Josh. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. you don't like the mainstream. Maybe you're that edgy type of wizard and you go home for the holidays. You know, you're back home from college and you get home and the family's watching the local whatever team playing some sport yeah. and you're like i hate this there's got to be something better well guess what i found a couple super stupid alternatives yeah one which might... you and i are going to participate in i i already signed us up for next year so ah well there you go yeah absolutely yeah, so it's happening so yes yeah, so we are we're here we're we're in the sporty mood and i guess let's just let's just dive into it so since since you are taking two of the three big ones and i mere lowly wizard that i am I'm just taking the one. Why don't we have you start us off, Mark, and then I'll hop in, yeah. and then then we can do your other one, and then yeah, and then we'll get into the wide, wide world of sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, also once again, um, I'm not into sport. Well, I mean, I'm into sports, but I'm not an expert. This is yeah, very right. cursory. This yeah. is nowhere near the level of uh, academic rigor as was the Trojan War series. We'll just put it at that. Yeah. I would imagine that people who are tuning in to the two wizards, if they really wanted a, a real in-depth dive, like there, there, are, there are plenty of other podcasts. But for us and what we do, yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally in the right place. Well, and actually, I guess, Mark, even before we dive into that, let's do our other kind of usual thing, like A, mm. like A, like definitions um, like what is a sport? Is a sport different from a game? Is chess a sport? Is cheerleading a sport? We can, you know, maybe kind of get into some of the nitty gritty with that. And then B, we can talk about our own individual 
uh, kind of experiences playing playing various sports. So so I guess Mark, what what for you makes a sport? What are some of the like clear characteristics that an activity needs to have in order for it to be counted a sport versus something that could be just a mere game? I would say anything that is a physical based activity, mm-hmm. but at the same time I can watch it and go, I can do that better than that highly trained professional. <laughs> That's a key. Yeah, that's a key part. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my big takeaways is like strongman. Um, mm. You know, you, you you watch it. The Atlas Stones. You know, you you yeah. pick up the big rock, you set it up on the pedestal. Every time I watch, I know those rocks are upwards of you know four hundred pounds. Right. Yeah. Every time I see it, and the guys struggle, and I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, exactly. But then, like to that end, I would say chess mm-hmm. is like a sport. Um, mm-hmm. Fishing is a sport. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that e is a sport. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, like how athletic is it to hit X to run? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and, and there is. I, I I think I tend to agree um, with a lot of what you're a- a- outlining there. There there needs to be some physical aspect, and even like a, a, a majority, a not insignificant amount of physical aspect some, some some sort of physicality um so yeah things like strongmen definitely the sports that we're going to cover of course um and and as far as yeah things like chess or esports like th- those are absolutely competitions absolutely those are also games and and i guess this is the other one that was kind of bouncing around in, in my head like like not all games are sports but even necessarily but i I don't know if like all sports are games because i wouldn't necessarily call something like uh yeah like strongman a game i mean there's the highland games which has a lot of the similar kind of stuff and i I mean the sport that I played, and this will be our segue to the next part there, the, the sport that I played was uh, a track, and a lot of people would give me give me a hard time about like, oh, that's not a sport, that's just, that's just running. And it's like, well, no bullshit, like track is a sport, but it's not a game. It's not like, hey team, let's, you know, uh, let's get the old crew together and run a 4x4 relay. <laughs> You know that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll yeah. be a fun weekend thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, oh boy, I can't wait to, you know, get out there and throw the shot put. Uh, so, so I, I, I guess, yeah, it definitely needs to have some some sort of physical element and like a majority physical element. So, like, I would consider like competitive cheer to be a sport because yeah, you're out there, you're competing. There's a contest. There's going to be a winner and a loser. Um, that, that kind of thing. There was one, I forget who, where I first picked this up. There was another one I heard where like, for it to be a sport, there has to be some risk of injury, like some risk of like, yeah, Yeah. which yes. And maybe this is me just being too pedantic, but it's like, well, I mean, like cooking can entail like a serious injury, but I wouldn't call cooking a sport. Like there's cooking contests or cooking competitions, but it's not like oh yeah here's you know uh, 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 Steve's on the 
disabled list this this month because uh, he got his hand caught in the blender. Uh, so they're going to have to pull up a oh god, pull somebody <laughs> from the reserves. So I mean, yes, I kind of get wh- whoever makes that argument. I kind of get like, yes, there, there there's a potential for serious bodily injury in a sport, which also can be said of esports too. Because like I, you know, how many of those dudes get carpal tunnel um, or some other like re- repetitive? All this, all all this is to say that much like mountains, sports are very tricky to define. <laughs> And what is a sport and what isn't a sport. I think there definitely needs to be some sort of physical element. There needs to be a competitive aspect. There's a winner and, and a loser. And that could be through points. That could be through just uh, uh, physical displays. Because that's getting into you know things like high jump or long jump or highland games. Like how much or like powerlifting. How much weight can you move? Um, so yeah, I, th- those are the things that I think kind of define a sport. Versus... Versus something like a game. Even though, like, there is competitive Scrabble and, you know, stuff like that, too. I'd also say that sports are vaguely religious. Mmm, that's a really good point. At least, not not, not inherently, but, like, from their origin point. Like, Olympics is a big one to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned that football started out as a religious sport that was... We started playing it, like, as a community. It was played the day before Ash Wednesday. And it, Mm -hmm. like, had clear religious connotations. Mm-hmm. lacrosse with the natives was like yeah. a vaguely religious kind of deal it was also you know the like let's check out the like athleticism of our tribe but right. it's also it's connected to certain periods of the year it's like a ritual that you do even now even now um i, I am i am so glad to say that that um uh football is in the seventh house and the packers are ascending you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. It, it's fall now. We know that it's time for, or we're ready for some football in the spring. We're ready for our March madness. Like it's a thing that you can delegate by periods of time, just like a religious festival. And it's what we do now in lieu of those bigger festivals. I would say. Absolutely. No, I am a hundred percent with you there that yes, some maybe even expanding it just slightly broader uh yes like sport sport is also ritual like both the both the participation in it but then also the spectating of it i I mean there's so many uh semi-edgy reddit posts about like god the only thing that's bigger than the churches in texas are the football stadiums and it's like well yeah (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) that's exactly right and you get the weird um like uh, 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 clashes between rival rival sports teams, rival yeah. There's like sectarian violence between <laughs> between different adherents yeah, of totally. like this or that. Yeah, people people are painting up their faces. They're entering ecstatic states. Um, so yeah, I, I I think you're spot on there too. Yeah, I think there's definitely. I, I wear the vestige of my god Clay Matthews anytime I go exactly. watch a Packers game. Right. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. So and even too, you know, it's it's a communal event. It bring mm-hmm. it is literally a communal deal that we. Uh, it, I know. Okay, listeners, get out your stick and beat this dead horse. Mark is going to talk about how a thing we cover is sympathetic magic. Yeah, it's. <laughs> A thing that is integral to all parts of civilization and all parts of humanity, and mm-hmm. everybody has them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's cool. It's shy getting a, a flag on the play. <laughs> Sports are cool, Josh. Yeah, they are. They are. And 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 it's, yes, there's the 
religious or ritual aspect of it too. A lot of times they do kind of stand in as a proxy for war. Like, we could totally kick your ass if we wanted to, but we're going to agree to like resolve things on the football field, in the Olympic Stadium, um, over this ping pong table, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You know, a couple weeks back when we were doing the Trojan War and talking about like, all right, mano y mano here. You know, we have we have Paris versus Menelaus. We have uh, Hector versus Ajax. They were playing just like a super, uh, 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 super amped up uh, game of darts, like like hurling their javelins at each other. Um, yeah. And like, like everybody was watching and cheering them on. So, so yes, yes, and to to all of that, I hundred percent agree. Just one more, sort of like easing into it, I, I guess. Um, I mean, I have talked before about my experiences, specifically with track. Um, I played basketball um, in middle school and high school. Um, that was pretty fun. Uh, I did a little bit of soccer growing up. I, I went out for the soccer team my freshman year of high school because um, my older brother played soccer and he was a really great goalkeeper. And I was more kind of like midfield okay. running around. Um, but yeah, I went out for soccer in high school. Didn't just wasn't clicking with me. Um, but uh, but yeah, like any sort of any sort of game or sport. And I totally get this, especially from my dad. Like like he has a super big competitive streak. Um, and it's also like what you were saying a minute ago too, like w- whatever it is, like people playing pickleball or like, or just, just something I've, I've never even played it before. But like, I just, I just get that feeling in me where it's like, I could probably beat you. <laughs> I could, I could play this thing that I've, that I'm only seeing for the first time. I could, I could do that. Um, <laughs> within, within, so, you know, within certain reasons, I'm, I'm not going to enter like a strongman competition anytime soon, just cause no, Knowing right. myself and knowing my physiology, uh, but uh, so I guess that's the same way I wouldn't enter a steeplechase. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. know thyself. Uh, but um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was very briefly kind of my overview. And I also know market at various points. You've you've dropped some stories about your athletics uh, background, but but just to catch everybody up, what what has been your experience uh, with sports? Yeah, I was a wrestler in high school, got kicked off the team because I powerbombed a kid, not a legal move, turns out. <laughs> I ran track my junior year, I was a thrower, except the one time they screwed up the roster and they put me on the uh, distance 4x4, that big one, the like 16 lap one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess who died, that's right, Mark. But I also uh, meddled in girls relay when they made me run in the girls relay and I smoked the poor girl who was the third leg, you know, had to run against me in the third leg, they're just... Rocked her ass like a hurricane. Um, I played football my senior year at high school. Um, I was a defensive tackle, and uh, I was on the kickoff return team because oh I got God, big yeah. old calves, and mm-hmm. my coaches loved watching me like just rock it down the field in a straight line and hit some poor bastard. And then in college, I was a professional wrestler for about That's a right. year. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, and, and again, I, I would also include um, – pro wrestling as as a sport too because because it is that's oh thousand percent yeah thousand percent um that also re- reminded me i this was such a blip that i didn't even in- include it in my recounting uh yes i i played one year of like organized football um and that was my eighth grade year 
Uh, because oh, in jeez. Because in seventh grade, I saw how cool. Man, look at all these cool seventh grade guys on the football team. Look how cool they were. And I just kind of bitched and moaned about it. Like, oh, man, look at that. And then uh, my mom was like, well, Josh, you can go out for football next year in eighth grade. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I did. And I hated it because I was tall and skinny and weak. And I just got like the snot kicked out of me. And I wanted to quit. But my mom was like, no, Josh, like you were you were complaining all last year about being on the football team. So you made this bed. You got to sleep in it. You're you're not going to quit. And um, I was I was the place kicker. and I would go on. Oh, okay. I would enter because so, you know playing soccer that was kind of close enough. Um, and in our you know we are like six or seven game season this kind of short season, I would get on the field exactly once every time, and it was either for the first <laughs> half or the second half to do that kickoff because we didn't score like we were terrible that year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like I got out of school early, I guess, and then I you know there warmed you up and. Uh, uh, would kick at at the first half or kick at the second half and then just like stand around for two hours. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. for whatever it's worth, I lettered in football and track. So yeah, see, there you go, man. There you go. Yeah, yeah so. I guess I'm athletic. I don't know. <laughs> well, and Who I knew? think, and I think that may, I think that may just very uh, neatly lead us into our first sort of real topic of discussion. I, I mean, we're we're here. We were already talked about it. What's this? What's this? What's this football thing, Mark? Uh, are you ready for some football? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think these folks are ready for some football. Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking about real football. God damn it. No hate to my co-propane wizard, Johnny, who's all into the Bundesliga foosball over there in Germany. But I'm talking about real American football. It's kind of ironic, um, as much shit as I'm talking about soccer. Um, football kind of started in Europe, Josh. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. And it's tried to say that it was ever really invented. Because it's tried to say that a sport is ever invented. Because as long as we've been humans, we have developed ways to play with our balls. True. These balls were usually made from bladders. Mm-hmm. Not those balls, you dirty boy. Bad. From the closest thing that I could tell by skimming a couple Wikipedia articles and a few Sports Illustrated articles... Um, the earliest forerunner was a thing called English mob ball, which sounds mm. like violent rugby on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This appeared in the early 1100s. During The game was called Shrove Ball, and it was played during Shrove Tide, which is the period of time before Ash... It's the day before Ash Wednesday, right before Lent. And it really just kind of sounds like their Fat Tuesday. Mm, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. not only are you going to go see the boobs on Bourbon Street, you're also going to go to the town square and whoop the shit out of each other playing this ball game. <laughs> um, but like I was saying before, this really ties into religious events, kind of like the gladiator ge- the gladiatorial games did back in ancient Rome, mm-hmm. coincided with their holidays. This is a description from uh, William Fitzstevens, somewhere around the time of 1180 A.D., After lunch, all the youth of the city would go into the fields to take part in a ball game. The students of each school have their own ball. The workers from each city craft are also carrying their balls. Older citizens, fathers, and wealthy citizens come on horseback to watch their juniors competing and to relive their own youth vicariously. Even in 1180, there's some, like, Uncle Recon, I guess, and, you know, verily I could could toss that bladder over the mountain if Yon (laughs) Coach had only put me in. Uh, You can see their inner passions aroused as they watch the action and get caught up in the fun being had by the carefree adolescents. 
Hugh of Lincoln, also reported a more grounded game that was kind of like soccer that mm. was played around the same time between two teams of boys, uh, so by a team of two, sorry, let me do this again, by 24 boys who would split into teams and just kick a ball back and forth. And he always pointed out that the boys would always kick with their right foot. So oh, even back then, even in 1180, there was some type of pedagogy and method in their silly little proto-sports. And I think that's just so cool. Yeah, yeah, man, totally. Then, just as now, the idea of football is to drive a ball towards an opposing goal position. Football as we know it here in America really came into its own in the 1800s with a game called Ball Own. Hmm. This was distilled into an actual sport with rules sometime around 1871, and we need to point out that these games were insanely violent. Yeah. Um, so violent that um, in the 1860s, they were banned altogether. <laughs> um, what we call the Ivy League of schools, they were the ones who actually started to fuse soccer and rugby into one sport. The very first football game in America, as we would know it today, was played on November 2nd, 1872, between Rutgers and Columbia. That same year, Yale also played Columbia, and Yale won 3-0. to Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Really, I'm not doing it justice. There is a ton of history behind football, and I honestly think maybe I should just do a football episode because there's a whole lot to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My older brother, uh, his undergrad degree was in history, um, and not that he like specialized in this, but he took a class. He 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 took a history of sports class. And oh, interesting. And yeah, and he talked about the, this the, the same one that you were describing in like medieval uh, Europe and England, like. It was, yeah, it, it was basically like, it was basically like war. Like this town would like agree to like kind of have a civil war. Um, and the goal was to like, so, so they had the ball. And from what I remember, and the, and the objective was to like advance it either into this building, if you're on, on, the, on team A or this other building, if you were on team B. And it was, it was like, it was basically yeah, like football combined with the purge. Like there, there wasn't any rules. <laughs> yeah, there'd be like brawls. Like like people's houses would get like demolished <laughs> as they're like trying to like force this poor ball carrier like through a through a door frame uh, <laughs> to, to score. Then <laughs> yeah, like people would like yeah break bones. People would die. Um, just there was a guy it. that got stabbed. He straight yeah. up got stabbed. And it was like the very one of the first games. He just got stabbed because the guy had a knife on him, stabbed him, and took the ball. Yeah, like, what? yeah, right. just we way had too blitz far. the league yeah. back in the eighteen hundreds. Who knew? <laughs> right. Yeah, just just taking it way too far. Um, and and then it, and then it did like as this thing was sort of evolving. And yes, there was one on on the evolutionary branch. I guess one went to like soccer. The other went to like what we would think more along like rugby or like football or um, stuff like that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that like a lot of these took off with um, college age men too. Uh, I think that's an, like it, it was. It was like, okay, we have these like rowdy um, young adult, late adolescent dudes. Um what what can we do to like channel their energy and to also do things like build you know build sportsmanship and good character and honesty and all that? Well, yeah, let's let's throw them in some sports, um, and then just hope that, hope that they don't die because it's still super super gruesome and brutal. 
<laughs> yeah, now you just get, you know, CTE, and we don't know how bad it is until you, well, you know. Yeah. We exactly. all know how that is. <laughs> we all know how Speaking that is. Speaking of nowadays, <laughs> um, <laughs> football is now played on a 100-yard field with goalposts on either side. The ball is driven up and down the field by a combination of passing and running. And this comes from uh, rulesofsports.com. Games last for four 15-minute quarters. A two-minute break between the first and second, third and fourth quarter is had along with a 15-minute rest between the second and third quarters. It's called halftime. Each team has four downs to gain 10 or more yards. They can either throw or run the ball to make these yards. As soon as the team gains required yards, then the downs reset. Failure to make the yards after four downs results in a turnover. Easy enough. Um, there are hundreds of different plays that can be played on any down. Players are made up by teams and often have players running all over the place on routes, which is essentially a form of organized chaos. Yeah. The coach or head quarterback calls the field for the attacking team while the defensive captain calls the plays for the defensive team. At the start of every game, there's a to- coin toss to, de- to decide which team receives the ball first and which side of the pitch they want to start from. The game begins with kickoff where one team punts the ball downfield for the other team to run back with the ball as far as possible. On the fourth down, the offense has the option to either try and make up the yards they are short, or they can kick it into something called a field goal. (laughs) Depending on their position on the field, this will usually dictate their play. Anything within 40 yards or so of the opposing goal posts is usually a field goal attempt. Further back will mean that they will take the point option. When a player scores a touchdown, they are awarded six points. A touchdown can be scored by either carrying the ball into the end zone or receiving the ball through pass into the end zone. After a touchdown has been scored, the attacking team has the opportunity to kick the ball for an extra point, or the ball can be passed between upright goalposts for a successful kick, or they can run it down into two-point conversion. And I want to point out that last night, the uh, Chicago Bears had got a two-point conversion, and they also got an offsides penalty for, or a false start for it, and it was hilarious, and I yelled at them for it. It was great. <laughs> the longest field goal in history was hit by a guy named Justin Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. It was a distance of 66 yards. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy. There's a great... Um... There, there's a great uh, kind of commercial promo for uh, ESPN's Sports Center back in the day, uh, and and I think it was the time when uh, Jason Elam of the Denver Broncos held the record for the longest field goal, and it was like I think it was only like 62 or something like that yards. Um, That's still insane. It's That's... still insane. Yeah, it's just, and, it's, and so in this promo they have you know some of the talking heads for Sports Center doing the whole like oh you know that that doesn't seem that bad whatever. And they like take them out to a football field, and like the camera is showing just how far that distance is. And yeah, it's 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 dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's, that's just it. Is it? And that's where you kind of get that mentality of something tells me I could beat these professionals. Wait, he kicked it sixty six yards. All right, I'm out. Never mind. Yeah, never. never um. Mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was amazed to learn, Josh, that the highest or the highest scoring NFL game was in 1966 between the New York Giants and the then named Washington Redskins. Uh, uh, the yep. final score was 72 to 41. Holy, Washington had won. Holy cow! <laughs> now, 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 that is impressive. However, I also learned that the highest margin of victory in an NFL game was all the way back in 1942 when Da Bears beat the Redskins 73. Two zero. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Seventy three to zero. <laughs> I 
<laughs> that, <laughs> that blew my goddamn mind. Yeah, um, that's pretty rough. And and speaking of Da Bears, Josh, Bears. I, I got to come clean a little bit with you. Mm-hmm. I, To be fair, listeners, I'm sure you can hear it now. I am a little bit under the weather. Um, and Josh, we're recording this on a Monday. Usually we go on Sunday. Um, and I recorded Dangle with Johnny in the morning, and I really felt like shit. And I called off, and I called Josh in the morning, and I said, I just can't do this today. I feel like shit. And he goes, that's all right. And I would love to tell you that I stayed home and rested, buddy, but I didn't. Instead, I went to the brewery and watched the Packers opener and watched them yeah, just man. kick the shit out of the Bears. Hell yeah, dude. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Jordan go. Love. Oh, my God. There is hope for the future. Woo. Josh, also, are you a football guy? So I, as you could probably gather from uh, my experience uh, actually playing it, I, I'm not necessarily the biggest football guy. I... I can watch a game, I can appreciate it, but I don't I don't know enough about it to like understand like oh okay they're they're uh they're running a a zone defense because blah, blah, blah. so I so I don't know quite all the like technicalities of it to like have an informed viewing experience. That being said, uh yes, I I'm finishing up grad school at like one of the premier college uh football programs. And so I kind of owe it to myself. Like I have, like I have to do it. Um, it's a, it's a way for me to talk with my students. Like, oh, hey, did you see the game last night or, or whenever? Um, and and I'm starting to, I'm starting to get an appreciation. Like, yeah, like a more like, other than, oh, that was a long pass for a touchdown. I'm like starting to get the whole like, oh, okay, that was. I could see why they chose that play. Uh, whatever. So so I'm 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 not fully there, but I'm. I, well, yeah, I can sort of pretend, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm the same way. I enjoy it. I like to watch it. I, I'll be honest, last night was the first time I have watched a football game and been so into it. Number one, I think they might have added a play clock rule like uh, Major League Baseball did because that was the quickest game I have seen in a long time. Usually it's, you know, there's a play, cut to commercial. There's a play, cut to commercial. Yeah. Um, There's a turnover, cut to three commercials. Now, like... Last night it just clipped. I we probably could have done this last night because I got we, we I got done it. We I got back home at like ten minutes after five p.m. Like oh wow yeah. But yeah, it was it was amazing. It just went. It was it was great. I I think there's been a real concerted effort um, across a lot of the professional sports to to increase the speed of play, um, or 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 to make it more I guess yeah more kind of like spectator friendly, more viewer friendly. Um, cause yeah, it, it, and I know, especially the one game, the, the, the one sport we aren't talking about in baseball, um, there's a big change this year where the pitchers have essentially a shot clock. Like they have to throw a pitch within, what is it like 25 seconds, something like that. Yeah. I think 25, 30 something. Johnny gets, Johnny's really upset about that. He's right, super pissed off about that. Yeah. There's, there are people who are like, and with any sort of rule change, I'm, I'm going to dive into some of the minutia of rule changes um when i talk about basketball which yeah with any sort of rule change of course the first you know year or two is going to be kind of rocky and people are finding ways to move around it but i think ultimately if it's if it's getting a better more streamlined experience um with uh, college football they so college football is different or has been different than professional football where in college if you if you earn a first down the clock stops temporarily so that they can move the measuring oh. change and do, and so it just it just gives a different dynamic. The games tend to be a little longer because the clock slows down, 
Uh, but this is the first year where there's a rule change where that's different, where the clock continues to run even after first down un- until it's like the last, I don't know, like two minutes or something like that. Um, and a lot of people are, are kind of pissed off because the games are shorter. Uh, you're not watching as much football. And if you're watching on television, there's more commercial breaks. And so people were kind of pissed off like, look, man, like it'll be like they run a play. There's a timeout commercial break. Uh, they they make a touchdown commercial break point after commercial break kickoff commercial break so they were getting really pissed off about that and so yeah I guess going into um, the third and fourth week of the season we'll we'll see if there's any changes with that but um, but yeah I mean because I don't want to like invest four hours in a football game like I, I still have things to do and ain't nobody got time for that yeah like. ain't, ain't nobody got time for that a and b if I'm going to be drinking all of that time, like, yeah, I have to either like start sobering up super early or I'm just completely obliterated. And there, there really goes the rest of my day and there ain't nobody got. Yeah. I only got like six beers last night. I was always almost annoyed that I only got six beers, but thank God we're at the brewery and that would have been real expensive if I gotten worse, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right, right. (laughs) But, um, Um, you got a favorite team? Well, I, so college, I feel I am compelled to say the Ohio State University. Um, otherwise, they take away my paycheck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then, at least as far as professionally uh, in, in the NFL, I think you know. Uh, I have to admit that that I'm a I'm a Colorado boy, so I guess I automatically default to the Denver Broncos. Um, and my mom, she was a huge. Denver Broncos fan. She was, um, yeah, like when they had their Super Bowl runs in the 90s, she was all about that. Her favorite player uh, was Ed McCaffrey, a wide receiver. I think she kind of had a crush on him. Um, and, 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 and it was like, <laughs> he was I was a cool be, dude. No, no, he it is. It was an earned crush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, he was awesome. And so, and, and it was, there would be, you know, like getting into like, first couple of years of high school, something like that, I would be, you know, working on my homework. I'd be doing my geometry or whatever. And then I'd sigh and have to walk downstairs to the living room and say like, mom, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do some homework here. Can you please keep the cheering down? Can you, you know, can you lower the volume a little bit on the cheering? Cause she would, she would scream. She'd be like, catch it, run, chase him. Yay. It was like, okay, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get an A here. Come on. <laughs> There was a really weird dichotomy between like what was acceptable for noise kids made versus what our parents made at football. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. True. I, yeah. I I didn't grow up in a quiet house, but like you know, me and my brother weren't really allowed to be super loud. And then anytime the Broncos would play, my God, <laughs> adults are just especially my grandparents' house. Like mm-hmm. I remember watching you know like football and Thanksgiving and shit and screaming at the TV, just screaming at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Um, guys, we just ate. You want to like lay down for a minute or? <laughs> right. And, and it was, and it was specifically, yeah, my mom too. Like, so, so my dad, he played football through high school. Um, and I, I think he, even when he first started, uh, his career as a, as a high school teacher and coach, I think he, he was like a, an assistant football coach. Um. Oh, neat. But he wasn't, but he, like, he, I'll, I'll also say this for, for my dad too. He, he. I've heard and I've even seen firsthand some real horror stories about like fathers and sons or fathers and daughters, parents and children, like just super toxic relationships um, with like coaching and sports and all that. And my dad 
was not that at all. He was like, hey, you want to go out for a football? Great. You know, we can go to the backyard, throw the old pigskin around. Or, or not, that's fine. Hey, go out for basketball or not. Um, I can I can drive you to the gym and we can, you know, sh- shoot around. But, but it's up to you. So he was very much like hands off, but would support us with whatever. Um, and yeah, and maybe just because we ended up being more kind of soccer. Like he just didn't. He was like, okay, I didn't play soccer. I don't really know all the rules, but let's go to the park, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, maybe if he were a little more uh, forward like that, may- maybe I would have played football and I would have been that jock or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then you have it would have been that, though. Like, I'm glad you're, I'm glad it was a positive experience. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. Oh uh, no. Sorry. What were you going to say? I, I was just going to make a dumb joke about like, because if I did go that route, then it would have been like, Welcome to the Two Wizards Podcast! Woo! And then like shotgun a beer and uh, uh, do all... I mean, that's pretty that. much what we do. I mean, but... it kind of is. Well, but, but like I have the other role. I'm I'm like the water boy. Like, oh, well, I guess um, uh, strictly speaking, if we if we uh, drink some Gatorade in between. <laughs> but it was. It was. I think... So even though I wasn't fully engulfed in that culture, like... You know, I we had a couple of family trips up to uh, Mile High Stadium. I've seen a couple of professional games. I've seen some uh, OSU football games, and and they're fun. They're fun. Like it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I I I told you about this uh, times too. Yeah, the um, our football stadium. Uh, I think its max capacity is like a th- one hundred four thousand. I think something like that. Yeah, the horseshoe, right? Yeah, exactly, the horseshoe. More more concrete than Hoover Dam or like Yeah, well, it, 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 it to was. Concrete? Yeah, uh before the construction of Hoover Dam, um when the shoe was built in 1920, 21, 22, it it it, it just had its 100th anniversary. So I think it was 22. Yeah, it was the largest concrete structure in the United States um before the Hoover Dam. Jesus. Uh and and yeah, <laughs> we Again, it's Crazy. It, it, which which it is, man. You want to talk about like religious ritual? Um, uh, yeah, well, and I was even kind of thinking about that too, with like, with like the Trojan War when we were doing our mini episode, and like this idea of like, you know, if, if there actually was some sort of conflict there, and like what we know as the Iliad w- was like sort of the oral tradition of these stories passed down. Holy shit, is like that absolutely the case with football? Like they're like, like. When like f- families and generations get together and like talk about like, uh, yeah, like some of these like legendary plays and like legendary players, like there is there is like a hush that like kind of comes over the room. So like same with like the local kind of football legends here. Like like someone says like ah Woody Hayes and everybody just kind of nods their heads like yes yes Woody Hayes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and, and, and yeah and and so this was I guess a couple years ago now. Um, yeah, the Mrs. Wizard and, and I, uh, my dad and his wife f- flew in to come visit and we took him to a Ohio State versus Penn State football game. Oh, yeah. And it was just about at capacity. We, we just about had that stadium filled up. And it was a really solid game, too. It was, I, we won, uh, but, it was, but it was a, a closely contested game. And to like hear all those 104,000 people like just cheering and going crazy, it, it is something to, to experience. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a thing. It's a it's a cool thing. I think I don't know. I again, I it's sports, man. You just yeah, 
anybody can get into it. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, there there are the jaded amongst us. Even right. me, even me as a kid, I really hated I hated football. Oh yeah, same. Yeah. They had broadcast on Fox, and it would screw up my Simpsons for that <laughs> night. You know, I'd hate that shit. As we're doing Dangle, we're realizing that you get these insane jumps in time. Anytime mm. a season is on during the fall, um, because Major League Baseball airing on a Sunday night totally fucked up yep. the King of the on Hill Fox. time slot at six p.m. Yeah, yep. and like even this last one, it was it was it was a one month, uh, it was a one month skip where there was just mm. no King of the Hill episodes. Yeah, because of goddamn sports, <laughs> and like, <clears throat> but even then, even now, it's like, well, you know, it's yeah, like there's it, more to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, there's. It's like that for a reason. Like it's not it's it's not an arbitrary thing. It's not like oh well, why is there right all of this attention on football or baseball and not on chess or whatever? Like it is like and again, chess is awesome. Chess is great. That is also something I know next to nothing about. I my appreciation for chess and football from like a purely technical understanding level is about the same. But there is a reason why, you know, like there's maybe like oh Bobby Fischer. Uh, but then no, but then like some of the like, yeah, your your uncle Rico's that are like I could I, I bet you I could throw a football over them hills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll I'll still every once in a while, just like randomly on YouTube, uh, winding down in the night, I'll get recommended like the top twenty plays from football like history, and and you know right some of the things like. Uh, John Elway's helicopter in the Super Bowl game against the Packers where, you know, he's okay. I, I say he's like an old man, but like meaning our age, <laughs> he was like late thirties. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, look <laughs> yeah. at, you know, John Elway beat to shit. He's shambling out there, but he's, he's going to run for a first down and get upended and twirl around like a helicopter. Um, like that's, that's a legendary play. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, the, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. I guess is what I'm yeah. ultimately driving at. No, I I agree with you hundred. I I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, it's... which but that's also again like I because I was also that that same way when I was like a angsty middle school and then high school kid like oh football really like really the Denver Broncos are we still living in the past because Elway retired and and then yeah there was the longest stretch where like. Everybody, <laughs> what twenty years, right? They yeah, won in yeah, like twenty years. It's like, it was like twenty year. We thought it was ninety seven to two thousand fifteen. Yeah, it was like yeah, it's like we sixteen. Yeah, we pinned our hopes on Jay Cutler. That didn't work out. We pinned our hopes on Tim Tebow. That didn't work out. Peyton Manning showed up, like because he was old and looking for a way to like <laughs> end his career. <laughs> Um, Roethlisberger, remember Roethlis- how Roethlisberger oh was going to be our fucking prince that was promised? I right, okay, man. so like we're getting way deep here, but back when I started City Market, there was a guy there that oh, had yeah. an uncle who had a sports shop here in town, mm-hmm. and he had the, the 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 connection of some bootleg ass jerseys out of China. So every <laughs> so he'd take orders about every couple weeks, and that's where I got my Clay Matthews jersey. That's where I got oh, my nice. Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the same year that Roethlisberger had come back to Denver after they talked all the good shit about not Roethlisberger, Osweiler, Osweiler, Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Okay, yeah. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, he had come back and he was going to be like our prince that was promised. The first game of the season, he like blew out his knee or some shit. I don't know <laughs> and lost. And the guy who did it was like rocking an Osweiler jersey that day at the store. He was my manager. 
and it happened, and he's like, man, fuck Osweiler. I hate it. was like, yo, I'll give you 20 bucks for that shit. I got a Brock Osweiler Denver jersey sitting in my closet, triple XL, that I will never, ever wear, but oh, baby, do I got it. Like, yeah, you got it. Right. That was your, that was your, um, uh, hey, Patroclus has fallen. Let's, let's, let's loot his armor. <laughs> I'm going to go steal this bitch's armor. Yes. Steal this bitch's armor and hang it up. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to wear that next time I go watch a game at the brewery just to piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and even that too, right? Like, um, one of my favorite characters from uh, from uh, uh, American Dad is uh, Roger's persona, Raider Dave. Just cause there's, Raider Dave! Just because there's <laughs> such... like, And again, when you like step back and you abstract it and you think about it like realistically, like... Why are people who like cheer for the Broncos just absolutely hate the Raiders, and then on the other hand, absolutely hate the Chiefs because that's another that's a, a, the the other of their big rivals? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, but don't think about it too much. Don't like like if you like really sit down and think like, well, wait a sec, why would Patroclus wearing Achilles armor? Why would that actually blah, blah? like no? Just like don't think about it. Just like just like breathe in the magic that that is. And then uh, if you see a group of people uh, wearing Raiders jerseys going into the sports bar, like maybe you key their car. <laughs> Just don't think so, about it. Just don't think about it. So last night, Denver played uh, Las, the Las Vegas Raiders. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and they lost 17 to 16. Denver <laughs> lost. And so we're sitting there and it was me and like six other people that were there to see the Packers. And we are mm-hmm. just like screaming and elated and chugging beers and chest bumping and high-fiving and fisting this bumping not fisting jesus christ well, this they, bumping each other maybe in other parts so of the hyped country. up yeah <laughs> only in los angeles baby only in los angeles um, <laughs> but like and then there's like three dudes on the other side of the bar trying to watch the denver game and like denver is not doing well at all and i've kind of felt bad for him i'm like well yeah. you know my god is stronger than your god so yeah yeah, exactly. Packers Todd Dana. Yeah, Packers Todd Dana. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, this has been this has been a great kind of digression here, which also tends to happen with sports. But but any any sort of like closing thoughts on on football, Mark? Uh, no, I think it's a more American sport. I think it's the most American of all sports because it's such a cut and paste hodgepodge bullshit. Yeah. That we make uniquely our own. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada's got a league. It's yep. not that good. I think Australia has a league, yeah. but I also think Australia prefers rugby and soccer. Yes. And honestly, if you were to say, like, you know, pick one, I would wish that America would adopt uh, rugby over football. I think rugby is a lot more compelling and fun to watch, mm-hmm. but yeah, totally. that's just me. Yeah, I, I think because there was, and again, we're, we're, we're not covering baseball, but baseball had this status of America's pastime. And maybe, you know, post-war, baby boomer era, maybe that was the case. But no, I think I think anymore, yeah, I, I, I think football is the sort of new American sport. Um, or is it? Because, I mean... You want to talk about like American sports? What 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 I'll be discussing next might might just be like the actual contender for like maybe the most American sport. But but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I will leave that we'll up. See. I will leave that up to the viewers. To the viewers. God. To the listeners. To to decide. <laughs> 
Um, really quick before we move on, do you is there a uh, player that stands out in your mind as the greatest football player of all time? Oh, I know man. everyone wants to say Tom Brady, but he cheats a lot, so fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I or he's tangential to cheating. Right. Allegedly, so allegedly, yeah, fuck him. Cheating, cheating, Jason. Um, the, the the only one that I like immediately kind of springs to mind, uh, other than John Elway. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but Jim Thorpe. Uh, oh yeah, oh Jim Thorpe like was back amazing. In the, yeah. yeah, those and again those like so uh, yeah. What was the movie? It came out probably I don't know like fifteen years ago. Uh, Leatherheads with George Clooney, yeah. and John Krasinski yeah. about like the OG days of like football where they yeah had leather leather helmets like um, metal cleats would probably like stab stab each other during the scrum. Um, oh, actually, no, wait. Here's another. Uh, also uh, up there, right alongside Jim Thorpe, uh, for like greatest of all time football player and friend of the Two Wizards podcast, Teddy Roosevelt. You better believe the Bull Moose um, played played the shit out of football and was like a legendary football player. <laughs> oh, bully! I yeah. Guess I, didn't, I thought he was. A, I just thought he was into boxing. I didn't realize he was a football player too. That's really cool. Yeah, he played football. That's well, super cool. Well, and and in fact, one of the reasons why um, we have the NCAA is. Uh, Again, there were all these like college athletes, all these college football players killing each other, and Teddy Roosevelt steps in and says, "Like, all right, this has to stop right now. I'm, I'm, I'm organizing a, a organization to to govern collegiate ath- ath- athletics." And so it started off as some other thing, but then it morphed into the NCAA. So we can we can thank Teddy Roosevelt not only for keeping us safe from cryptids, um, but also for at least somewhat protecting our young men <laughs> from <laughs> traumatic brain injuries. <laughs> really quick, I just pulled up some of Jim Thorpe's uh, stats. Um, oh, according yeah. to Wikipedia, Thorpe began his athletic career at Carlisle in 1907 when he walked past the track, still in his street clothes, and beat the school's high jumpers with an impromptu 5-foot, <laughs> 9-inch jump. Yes. He also competed in football, baseball, lacrosse, and ballroom dancing, winning the Intercollegiate Ballroom Dancing Championship in 1912. Uh, Pop Warner, who is a big early American Mm -hmm. football icon, uh, was hesitant to allow his best track and field athlete to compete in such a physical game like football. Thorpe, however, convinced Warner to let him try some rushing plays in practice against the school's team defense. Warner assumed he would be tackled and easily give up on the idea. Thorpe ran around past and through them not once, but twice. He walked over to Warner and said, nobody is going to tackle Jim while flipping him the ball. What a fucking badass. <laughs> Love Jim Thorpe. Okay. First season, Josh. Yeah. His first season. Credited with 25 touchdowns, 198 points during the season. He rushed for a total of 1,869 <laughs> yards. Jim Thorpe might be the best American athlete of all time. No, hands and we down. should also point yeah. out he was a Native American, so Hell yeah, fucking cooler. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, if, if, if ever we're... Uh, need a need an episode on a true wizard. It might it might just be Jim Thorpe because that dude was the man. Um, I, yeah, he was but, super cool. Yeah. Well, what about you, man? <laughs> do do you have any 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 favorite football players or ones that are near and dear to you? Um, my my favorite one ever was Clay Matthews, especially when it was on the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, Clay Matthews is why I got into the Packers. I remember doing something like early two thousand something. I was driving somewhere. I was listening to a morning radio deal doing something and they were talking about how this team that was going to play the Packers started running offensive routes 
or they, they were training their offensive players to start tracking for uh, Matthews' blonde hair. Remember Clay Matthews had that yeah. long... Mm-hmm. Essentially, Luscious. Clay Matthews is Achilles, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. six foot 20, killing for fun, blessed of the gods, <laughs> long blonde hair, but they would put their guy in a wig so that the <laughs> other guys could start tracking for that blonde hair. And that's what got me. And I was like, if they're doing this, if they're so afraid of this man, yeah, he's got to be cool. Doing. And then I started watching some Packer shit, like early YouTube days. And I kind of watched some of his highlight reels. I was like, wow, Clay Matthews is the goddamn man. That's awesome. And now I think he's in seattle i'm not sure i don't know but yeah you would know better than i because back in the day he was the man yeah no that's that's sweet that's awesome buddy <laughs> jim thorpe could run 100 yards in 10 seconds he ran the 220 in 21.8 and the 440 in 51.8 jesus christ well it, 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 there's this legendary photo of him wearing uh mismatched shoes because he showed up to like some track competition and had trouble with his luggage, and so he had he he's, he's like wearing like a dress shoe on one foot and then like a cleat on the other, and he's still kicking ass and taking names. Jim Thorpe is a goddamn man. Twenty three foot long jump, yeah, six foot five inch high jump, a forty seven foot shot put, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and a hundred thirty six foot discus, Jesus, Jim Thorpe. Oh my God! Yeah. All right, I'm done. I'm off yeah. Jim Thorpe's dick. I apologize. <laughs> Holy shit! No, no. What no. a man! What a man! What a man! <laughs> what a what a nice guy! What a nice guy! <laughs> uh, well, uh, so I'm I'm turning now to my second PBR tall boy. Um, how about you, buddy? You sticking with sticking with the old Coors Banquet? I I would love to tell you that I'm a stronger man than that. And that I can handle the terrible taste of Coors Banquet beer. But instead, um, it's September time, Josh. And you know what September means? That's right, Oktoberfest. And I just happen oh, to have, out of uh, mm. Pollen or Munchen, a uh, Oktoberfest Merzen. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I have yet to partake in my first um, uh, our, our Oktoberfest beer. But it's 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 common, baby. It's right around the corner. Uh <laughs> Uh, well, hey, here, here's on you then, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Yep. God, I love this time of year. God, this is the best time of the year. It is, oh, man. Oh, my God. It's just, it is. here we are, yep. dude. We're, we're here, we're getting into it, and, 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 and even though, you know, we're maybe slightly ahead of this next sport, um, or shoot, maybe has the NBA started already? Because, like, that, that season gets, keeps getting expanded i think like it's i think it's getting longer and longer maybe it's october i don't know i I don't really pay attention to to nba but we are talking about our next sport here and specifically i am talking about our next sport here and that's the old round ball uh aka basketball um and i know we mentioned this like that was because you were more wrestling which is the winter sport um Right. To basketball. But did you ever even do like 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 youth league or even just like at recess and you you play basketball at all or were you more focused on on other other ag- ag- activities? Yeah, no. I think the my the extent of my basketball ability is like horse. Yeah. Mhm. And Which, or what is it? 21, right? 21's a game. 21's another one? Yeah. Yeah, uh yeah. also known as uh cutthroat. Um, cutthroat can be like, like you can do like multiple ways of cutthroat where that's basically one-on-one 
and the goal is to get to 21 points. But you can play with multiple people where if you make a basket, you're still on the court. But if you lose a ba- if, if you give up a basket, then you get subbed out and a new person subs in. So there, um, there's also knockout. Knockout was very popular. I, and, and yeah, I mentioned this before. Played basketball through middle school and high school. Kind of sort of maybe considered like, hey, maybe I could like look at playing college ball somewhere. Um, but I was... So, okay, so yeah, I'm like 6'5". I was the tallest on our high school team, which meant I was the center. I was supposed to be like the big dumb guy who would get rebounds <laughs> and score layups and, re- and, and box out. And uh, But I was too skinny. I was too skinny. Um, some of the worst, I hated playing against other big guys. Like, okay, maybe I would have like an inch on them, but they would have like 50 pounds of like mass oh, compared geez. to me. So they, they, they could just, they could do, they could have their way with me. They could just like move me around, whatever. And I hated it. Um, so, so, so yes, but I, I, I didn't play any like youth leagues either. I think I did like one year of park and rec basketball, but it just didn't really click in. But then it was like, Oh uh, yeah. Between seventh grade and eighth grade, I had like a five inch growth spurt. And now I, now I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> Okay. But um okay. uh but yeah, I man, I haven't played in a long time too. And I guess that's the other thing too that we sort of talked about. Like, yes, there's the, the professional aspect of it and there's the collegiate aspect. But then there's also things like, you know, flag football that even if you're out of your potentially athletic prime, you you can still, you know, be active, you can do stuff like that. And then yes, basketball also has a long shelf life. Uh or you have an extended shelf life uh, if you want to keep playing basketball. Yes, Mark, I, I, I know I was agreeing with you in the first half of the episode that like sports have this kind of ritualistic or religious um, element of it. And a lot of times they are these sort of traditions that just sort of like, yeah, we've always been playing this thing where we uh, uh, carry a ball or like throw a ball or... Um, hit a ball with sticks. Like we don't really know where this originated. We can't pin it down. But basketball is one of the few sports where there actually is. There is a name and a face that we can attribute for creating this sport. Uh, and that is James Naismith. Uh, so in uh, December of 1891, uh, James Naismith, who was a, a Canadian American professor of physical education. That's right. He got, he's a, he's a, Professor of PE. Um, <laughs> if ever there was a more cherry job than a theater professor, <laughs> or maybe like professor Cause, of cause finger those painting, those who can't teach and or those who yeah. can't do teach and those who can't teach teach gym, teach gym. Yeah. So he was also the instructor at the International Young Men's Christian Association Training School. Do you mean the YMCA? In Springfield, Massachusetts. And this one dreary New England winter day in December 1891, James Naismith was was, was trying to come up with some sort of activity to keep all these uh, strapping young men uh, uh, busy. Uh, because it was too cold and gross outside to play football or to play soccer. And so he looked around and he said, all right, I can improvise here. Well, hey, I have a soccer ball. I can do something with this. And he looked around and he found a basket. And, and this is kind of a like semi-legendary thing too. And I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting you to know this, Mark, but do you know what kind of basket this was that he found? 
Well, Josh, um, I hate basketball as a general rule, but I love The Simpsons, and I remember the mm. episode where they had the uh, open gym night at their recreational center, and Grandpa and Mr. Burns were playing basketball, and they had to recover it from a peach basket. That is well, Ant. So not only drawing upon your your Simpsons background, but also maybe channeling a bit of your latent uh, produce wizardry. Uh, yes, oh, yes, this was this was a <laughs> this was a peach basket, and so that's always kind of a fun little anecdote, a little piece of trivia. And so uh, James Naismith uh, takes this peach basket and he nails it. There's like a running track around the ins or yeah, yeah, like in the indoor gymnasium, which was just which is so funny because like I. Th- I would say nowadays, if you go to just any average American and you tell them to like visualize a gymnasium, I'm I'm sure they automatically think of an indoor basketball court. But gyms existed before yeah. basket, so you know, like wooden floor, all that stuff. Uh, this guy finds a peach basket, nails it into like the running track that goes around the inside, and. He's just kind of like making this up on the fly. Like, okay, uh, let's have half of you over here, half of you over here. Here's this soccer ball, which also because it's the late 19th century is stitched together from le- from leather panels and it has like stitching on it. Like like a football has like the like grip. Um, this thing has that. Okay, men, the, the goal is to uh, uh, put the basketball inside the peach basket. Um, but... You have to pass it. You have to pass it to each other. Uh, no running. You can't run. You have to stay put and throw the ball and you can catch it. Um, oh, my God. And so here are... I was so excited to find this. Uh, these are the 13 rules okay. that, he first, okay. that he first came up with for this, for this new sport that didn't even have a name yet. Didn't even have a name yet. Number one, the ball may be thrown in any direction with one or both hands. <laughs> Number two... The ball may be batted in any direction with one or both hands, parentheses, never with the fist. <laughs> Can't punch it. Okay, good to Can't know. Punch good it. to know. Number three, a player cannot run with the ball. The player must throw it from the spot on which he catches it. Allowance to be made for a man who catches the ball while running at a good speed. So I guess sort of like now kind of think of like ultimate frisbee, you know, like. Okay. So like you, you could throw a frisbee and if you're running and catching it on the fly you get two or three steps to kind of slow your momentum but you're not supposed to advance it beyond that right Mm -hmm. number four the ball must be held in between the hands the arms or body must not be used for holding it (laughs) number five goes into some of the fouls no shouldering holding pushing tripping or striking in any way the person of an opponent shall be allowed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first the first infringement of this rule by any person shall count as a foul the second shall disqualify him until the next goal is made so if you commit two fouls you have to sit out until somebody Ooh. scores a basket um oh that's kind of cool no it is kind of cool or if there was evident intent to injure the player for the whole of the game no substitute allowed so if you intentionally try to hit somebody you're you're out for, for the rest of the game okay number six a foul is striking the ball with a fist Violation of rules three and four, uh, and such as described in five, so that's what a foul is. Seven, if either side makes three consecutive fouls, it shall count as a goal for the opponents. So if you punch the ball three times, that's that counts as a goal for the other team. <laughs> um, okay. Number eight, 
a goal shall be made when the ball is thrown or batted into the uh, from the grounds into the basket and stays there, uh, providing those defending the goal do not touch or disturb the goal. If the ball rests on the edge and the opponent moves the basket, it shall count as a goal. So here's some very, very early uh, goaltending. You, you, you cannot interfere with an opponent's shot if it's already like resting on the goal or about to go in, something like that. Yeah, just, just fantastic stuff. Number nine, when the ball goes out of bounds, it shall be thrown into the field and played by the person first touching it. In case of a dispute, the umpire shall throw it straight into the field. The thrower in is allowed five seconds. If he holds it longer, it shall go to the opponent. That's still a rule. You still have, you still have a five second inbound rule. You have to inbound the ball within five seconds. It's amazing. If any side persists in delaying the game, the umpire shall call a foul on them. And you may be asking, wait, who is this umpire person? This isn't explained. Well, here's no, 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 rule number 10. The umpire shall be judge of the men. I love that phrase, shall be judge of the men. <laughs> and shall note the fouls and notify the referee when three consecutive fouls have been made. Well, who the hell's the referee? Uh, he shall have power to disqualify men according to rule five. Well, who the hell's the referee? Here's number 11. The referee shall be judge of the ball and shall decide when the ball was in play, inbounds, and to which side it belongs and shall keep the time. He shall decide when a goal has been made and keep account of the goals with any other duties that are usually performed by a referee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 12. The time shall be two 15-minute halves with five minutes rest between. So two halves, 15 minutes, we get a five-minute halftime. Uh, and finally, of the original 13 rules, number 13, the side making the most goals in that time shall be declared the winners. In case of a draw, the game may, by agreement of the captains, be continued until another goal is scored. You could agree to have a draw, or if you wanted to play it out, then the team captains, which he hasn't said who the captains are, but okay, well, we're just running with it. Yeah, so, so those were the original rules of basketball. Uh, as they as they were first published in the Springfield College newspaper, the Triangle. <laughs> uh, Mark, you were talking about some of the yes early college uh, football games. Um, the first, let me see here. Uh, all right, uh, so the first official game was played in the YMC Gymnasium in Albany, New York, on January twentieth, eighteen ninety two with nine players, so nine players aside. Because um, it doesn't specify how many, just or even if they have to be equal, but, but nine players. Uh, this is also a famous bit of trivia. Mark, do you know the end score of that first official basketball game? I do not, sir. It was 1-0. 1-0. Wow! In, After, in an hour, one yeah, guy made two, a... <laughs> After two 15-minute <laughs> halves and a five-minute halftime, 1-0 was the end score. Uh, and the shot was made from 25 feet away. Um, so, I mean, that that would be a three-pointer. But at the time, it was um, it was only, uh, yeah, just, just one. I guess it just counted as one. Now, do you does it say there when the guy sunk this, if when he threw it, he went, Kobe? <laughs> that, that would be a fascinating piece of sports history that I would love. I'd love to... <laughs> I, I would love to know if, if that happened or not. But um, so, yes, as this thing was still getting developed and invented and as these rules were changing, uh, well, it used to be uh, another sort of tie-in with soccer. At the time, soccer was played with uh, 10 members to a, 
to a team. And it was shortly after that it got bumped up to 11. And so, and so during the winter months, when everybody's inside, well, hey, you have your team of 10. Let's just split those down the middle. Five over here, five over there. And then that that's mm-hmm. how we arrive at the team, at the standard uh, uh, um, uh, number of positions on a basketball team, which is five apiece. Um, so, so yes, there, there are, um, and again, as this thing is, is being iterated and tested out and we're trying out things, there's a fascinating document that lists all of the rules changes, um, through, throughout the years. And, and I, I won't touch on all of them, but I'll hit on some, some highlights here. At one point, James Naismith kind of figured out, wait a sec, this is kind of tedious, uh, having to go up and down a ladder to remove this ball from this peach basket every single time. I guess I'll finally take the bottom out. I'll remove the bottom of the peach basket uh, and then just poke it with a stick. <laughs> so that was the thing they had to do. That's It was. It was a thing he had to learn. He had to experiment this. It was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. I can just take the butt and like not have it all the way out so it drops through. It'll just like stay right. cradled in there and then I have to poke it out with a broomstick. Running and dribbling of the ball and the addition of a backboard were added four oh, years later. Yeah, were added four years later in um, 1896. The reason, this is hilarious. The reason why they added a backboard was as the spectators were watching from this running track, well, some of the spectators would like rattle the basket or like interfere with the basket. So the backboard started off as a way to like keep this, the audience from interfering. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, that's, that's yeah, really right? cool. And then they realized... Well, wait a sec. Now we can make like like bounce like 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 we we can make bank shots now off of this backboard. So hey, look at that! Like love unintended consequences. Um, and yes, instead of being stationary with the ball, you could move around. You could run with the ball and dribble it, but you had to dribble it. Now it's also kind of difficult though if you're dribbling a ball that has laces on it, like a, like a football. Yes, it's a spherical right. ball, but it has laces. On. So then they eventually came up with a a uh, a seamless a, a, a stitches less ball that they used however yes you can dribble the ball but it was only in 1908 that if you dribbled you could also shoot a basket so it used to be if you were dribbling you had to pass to somebody else and then they would take the shot you couldn't dribble and shoot yourself uh, oh was interesting okay uh in 1920 you could substitute a player out of the game and then he could come back into the game, but only once. You got one substitute. So like if you were dog tired, you could go out of the game and then come back in, but only one time. And it took all the way until 1944 where you could have unlimited substitutions. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. In 1948, coaches were allowed to speak the, to their players during timeouts. <laughs> They, oh, I'm I'm sorry. They were they were allowed to talk yes. to them. <laughs> so they could so they could call a timeout. Wow. Okay. They could call a timeout. Everybody would catch their breath, and they just have to sit there in silence. <laughs> um, God, and I, I I just think about today, and you see the coaches on the sidelines getting all horned up and ripping chairs yeah, at people, screaming and at people, getting yeah. ejected, and yeah, wow. Okay, cool, amazing. Um. Uh, dunking was made illegal in 1967, but then that was repealed and made legal again in 1976. So right in time for the funky 1970s and um, Dr. J to come along and 
Just yeah. So so for for almost a decade, uh, dunking was illegal. You could not dunk the basketball. That's so insane to me. Like you you think about that. Like what a crucial point of basketball the dunk is. You know. Right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was illegal. That is wow. Well, and the other kind of so so as the as the NBA is starting during this time in the in the in the yeah like fifties and early sixties. If you tried to go up for a dunk, that was considered such a sign of disrespect that the defense would just would just take you out. Like they wouldn't care about a foul. They would just like tackle you and like throw you to the ground because it was such an insult to be dunked on. Um and so I think that and was rightly part- so, yes. You're right. So like so like you you had to be like really good or really confident to try to go up for a slam dunk because some dude um was gonna like clothesline you, and then you'd fall and break your skull. <laughs> <laughs> they just refuse. They refuse to be dunked on. Um, but then, and I think that also kind of led to maybe the the making illegal of a slam dunk. And th- but then it came back when they realized like, okay, we're losing too many players here. Um, and then one of the other yes, yeah, sort of big ones, um, most familiar that you you may know up until this point, Mark. Um, there, there was no three-point line, uh, and field goals counted for two points and free throws. There's a whole section about how how free throws came to be, um, but in uh, 1986, that was when, uh, and there may have been some earlier experiments, but that was when the three-point line was adopted. Um, it was yeah in, in, in 86, really? Yep, yep, all the way. So, so it took a, it, almost a wow, wow, okay, yeah, okay, it did. cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it took a hundred years. It took a hundred years to uh, get the get the three point line. Like with football and all these other sports, there are so many stats, so many records, and I won't go into all of them. But just keep that in mind that every like scoring record up to 1986, they didn't have a three point shot. And so think about just how how much that would have changed things if like some people's scoring records would have been would, would have been affected because they were still shooting from that range. It's, it's it's not like everything was a close layup or a close jump shot. They were still shooting from range, uh, but only for two points. Um, so uh, so yeah, and, and it's funny too, right? Because my dad playing when he was playing basketball in, in high school in the seventies, he didn't have a three point line, um, and yeah, it's just again just the God, things that, that we take wild. for granted. Yeah, the things that we take for granted. Um, and uh, I, so so that's just kind of a quick survey of of some of the rules here. Um, but f- returning to um, uh, 18, 1892, uh, the eight, 1890s, this this sport, this thing still didn't have a name because uh, James Naismith is still kind of figuring this thing out. One of the original players uh, comes up to James Naismith. That player's name is Frank Mahan. <laughs> 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 which, will, which will be a, a bit of a fun inside joke for for me and Mark. Frank Mahan comes up and says, "Hey, Coach, what do we want to call this 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 thing here? This, this seems kind of fun. I I think this could go someplace." Naismith says, "I don't know." And so Frank Mahan says, "What if we call it Naismith Ball?" <laughs> Naismith Ball. Okay. And to his credit, James Naismith uh, laughed it right off and said. Yeah, that's not going to work. That like if, <laughs> if 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 I called it Naismith Ball, I, I get laughed out of the state. Mahan then followed up and said, "Well, why not call it basketball?" Naismith replied, "We have a basket and a ball, and it seems to me 
That would be a good name for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, simple enough. Yeah, right. Simple enough. Um, Yes, and so basketball takes off across the country, going back to this idea of sport and religion. Uh, All of these disciples of basketball go off to YMCAs across the country to spread the good news, to preach the good news. Hey, hey, children, have you heard the good news about basketball? <laughs> and so it takes off. It becomes immediately popular. Um, uh, it's, it's taking off with colleges. Uh, James Naismith very famously goes on to the University of Kansas, KU, to, to coach college basketball there. Uh, in fact, yeah, their, their basketball court arena is, uh, yeah, called, called, is, is named in his honor. But yes, and so it becomes imme- immediately popular, um, Specifically in college, and then yes, eventually the um, there's a there's a professional league um, that is formed in 1946. The Basketball Association of America uh, was formed, and the first game uh, was played in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, between the Toronto Huskies and the New York Knickerbockers. So yes, the New York the New oh, York the Knicks. Knicks. Yep, the New York. Fucking Knicks. all right. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, three seasons later, the BAA merged with the National Basketball League to form the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Um, and and this, yeah, in the 40s, 50s, takes off, becomes super popular. My maternal grandfather, so I've been talking about I play basketball, my dad played basketball. Uh, on my mom's side of the family, my grandpa was like during this, was, was like, this was his era. He... He was he, he was born in uh, uh was it thirty eight, um. He he could have he could have joined this early NBA in like the forties, um, and been one of the very first professional basketball players, uh, but much like in Skyrim, some sixty five years later, uh, he took a basketball to the knee. And was not able to, so 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 he had an injury, which prevented him from going on to be a professional basketball player. So who knows? Maybe in some alternate universe, he could have gone on to be one of the first, uh, yeah, yeah, like professional basketball legends. But dang it, those knees, man, you got to protect them. God damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, but, but, but and, and it's fun, and so and so yeah. There's there's so many right. There's so many other like. You were talking about like legendary names. There's so many legendary names here. George Mikan is, is one of the first like dominant um, uh, basketball players coming in at six ten. Uh, Bob Cousy was a was a sort of a point guard. Bill Russell for the for the Boston Celtics was an incredible defensive player. Um, Wilt Chamberlain not only would score a whole lot, um, but he had a lot of points playing basketball too. <laughs> He uh will <laughs> You just sorry. I had to No, you good. You got me. Okay. Uh seven foot one Wilt Norman Chamberlain. Um yeah, to this day has the uh record for most points in a basketball game uh at an even one hundred. He scored one hundred points um in a single wow. game of basketball. Uh, in uh, uh, 1962. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so 1962, 
He made 50 shots and sunk them then. He didn't get any three-pointers then, right? Yeah, no no three-pointers. Um, Maybe had some free throws. Right, but, but I mean, so I'm just trying to, like, wrap my head around the, like, accomplishment. They, they, they also had, again, talking about evolving rules, they, they had to make a rule just for Wilt Chamberlain because when he would get fouled and shoot free throws, he would, like, take a two or three running start, uh, leap off from behind the free throw line, and dunk. That's how he shot free throws. Holy shit. <laughs> and so they had to come up with a rule like, no, you have to like stay behind the line. They, they, they drafted something specifically to prevent him from just dunking all of his free throws. Uh, <laughs> so, Damn. yeah. So, so he was, yeah. Will Chamberlain is, is, is the man. Uh, like you look at all of these records. Um, and, and yes, before things like the three-point line, he's, he's just in a league of his own. Um. Uh. And yes, there's. I'm. I'm just kind of breezing through a lot of this here. Just some other kind of notables here. Basketball, as you might imagine, um, the the basketball hoop is uh, ten feet off of the ground, uh, and so naturally players who are taller have an advantage. Uh, the two tallest players, uh, in NBA history are Manut Bol, uh, originally from Sudan, and uh, uh George. Murasan from Romania. Both of them are seven foot seven. Jesus Christ! There's another player uh, also from. Oh no, no, no! He's from Senegal. Uh, his name is Taco Fall. Uh, T a c k o f a l l. It'd be even cooler if it was T a c o. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's seven six. So he's not quite as tall as Manute Ball. Damn. Uh, he's currently playing for the Cavaliers, I think. No, he's in the Chinese Basketball Association now. Never mind. So yeah, they are seven seven. Uh, the tallest woman uh, to play professional basketball is Margot Didek from Poland, uh, clocking in at seven foot two inches. So, wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pretty pretty awesome. Uh, but you don't have to be tall. You don't have to be tall. There's 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 many great basketball players who are not tall. Uh, some of the best the. Uh, uh, shortest NBA player is of course Muggsy Bogues, who came in at five foot three. Also, shout out to Anthony Spud Webb at five foot seven inches, uh, and Spud Webb had a forty-two inch vertical jump. So, what he lacked in height, he could he could easily jump. <laughs> he, could, he could make up that distance. Um, Jesus. And yeah, so so there again. Just giving a very cursory sort of glance here with, with basketball. Um, still hugely popular in the NBA. Still hugely popular in, in college. Um, Mark, do you, and, and I know you've already kind of answered this, but are there any teams or any players that you're aware of that you kind of root for, that you kind of keep an eye out for? Anything like that? Um, not anymore. But when I was a kid, my so long story short, my mom worked um, for the major news stations in Denver, each one of them individually. Mm. Um for about a span of six years there doing their promotions. And one of the big promotions they did was this, um, it was a reading program and it was like getting books into the hands of kids and like local book drives and that kind of deal. And they partnered with, um, the Rockies and with the Denver nuggets. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I was in several commercials for <gasps> this book drive and, um, Rocky, the mascot, there's yeah. somewhere out there. There's video. My mom has, of me getting picked up by Rocky and kind of slam dunked into the book bin. I was like three, <laughs> four years old. So That's I always awesome. have a soft spot for the Nuggets. 
Yeah, that's well, and and, and even more so because they just won this most recent um, NBA championship. So that's that's like that's yeah, even they better. did. Yeah, it's even better. Yeah, and so, and so yes, and so, so basketball has is started in of America, gone across the world. Um, yeah, huge international audience, huge international player base. And though though I started off saying that this was like maybe one of the few sports where we can point to and, and say it has a definitive creator. Maybe that's not the case. Oh? In 2006, James Naismith's granddaughter uh, was going through some boxes, you know, clean out the closet, found a um, found some of her grandfather's documents, some notes, some, some typewritten pages. And apparently Naismith in this writing said that at some point he played this game called Duck on a Rock, which... <laughs> okay was a medieval game. You basically put a large stone up on like up kind of up high on on like a tree stump or like a like, like a fence or something like that. One player guards that big stone, uh the duck, and other players throw smaller stones at the duck in an attempt to knock it off. So James Naismith was maybe re- recalling playing this childhood game based on a medieval sport, Duck on a Rock. So, so who knows? Maybe he was channeling, much like with football, maybe he was channeling some old medieval game when he picked up that first peach basket and picked up that soccer ball. It's like, well, I kind of remember this. And so, so yeah, that is, that is basketball. That is, that is basketball in roughly 30 minutes. Um, there's a couple <laughs> kind of fun... Well, and we even start off, like like some of the variations, some of the smaller games, there's, they're, 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 they're limitless. Um, some of the fun ones I found was there's unicycle basketball. You play basketball on unicycles. There's horseball, which is apparently like polo and basketball. You're playing basketball but riding a horse, and you throw this ball through a big net. Uh, that's a thing. There's, of course, uh, slam ball. <laughs> slam ball was so cool. Slam I remember, ball was I legit. Spike TV. Um, I Spike TV. Yeah, Spike TV in the early 2000s. We had some kind of family activity, and then we'd all race home because um, that's when, yeah, Spike TV was showing slam ball. And slam ball is legit. I would play the, the shit out of slam ball. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, that one was super cool. And well, what what and is slam ball? It's it's on trampolines. It's it's, it's yeah. We're all going to dunk. Mark is going to dr- dunk from the free throw line. That's what <laughs> we're going to do. Free throw line. And you wear pads. And you can like tackle people and push them around. So it's like kind of yeah, part football, part basketball. Um, there, there's this other just very quickly too. There, there's also one other variant that is super fascinating to me, um, and even the story behind it is also kind of fascinating. This is called netball. And okay. Netball was developed as James Naismith wrote his rule book, and this got published and again spread around the world. World, um, this book fell into the hands of one Clara Gregory Bayer in 1897, and she was trying to come up with a game specifically for young women, uh, so that they could also be robust, healthy young ladies. Uh, and she uh, appreciated that. In the earliest iteration, there wasn't a lot of like physical contact. You weren't like tackling people and all that. So, she, so she said, "Oh, okay, this is this is kind of cool." Um, and so she took this rule book and reinterpreted it. I won't say misinterpreted because that's kind of judgy, but she took this rule book, created her her own sort of version called Netball that keeps a lot of the original rules, where there's not a backboard, the players can only pass the ball. 
uh, they can't like there's not like dribbling or or it, it's just different. And so you can go on YouTube and then look up netball, and there's seven there's seven players per team, and they have they, they have only certain parts of the court where they're allowed to go into. There's like the like big there's like the big person who stands right by the other team's goal and scores, and there's the kind of speedy crafty ones that like get to run around more. So yeah, netball is also super fascinating. And it is also very popular specifically and primarily um, for women. Um, and, but yeah, it's just, again, there's like so many versions of basketball and stuff out there. It's, it's just super cool. It's super cool. Um, it's, awesome. maybe, it's maybe no slam ball, but it's, but it's still pretty neat. <laughs> and of course, the WNBA where they focus on fundamentals. <laughs> we know dunk, but we play good fundamentals. <laughs> Did you explain about the fundamentals? <laughs> Drink, we made a Futurama quote. Drink. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes, there it is, man. There it is, the old yeah. basketball. Um, so, real oh, quick, man. I know we promised our listeners here some obscure sports, maybe if they weren't into the ones we're talking about tonight. And I'll just tag in if you don't mind. Oh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some obscure things. Um, number one, this isn't a sport at all. I don't think it's a sport. It's more of a religious festival. But quite frankly, if you are like me, and I know I am, you are want to draw tenuous points between things. And the first one I want to talk about is the Onabishara Festival in Japan. Do you know anything hmm. about that? Kind of rings a bell, but I don't know any specifics. So it's a festival that's held every six years at the Suwa Taisha uh, Taisha. Taisha, Jesus Christ, Coors, how? Um, <laughs> Suwa Taisha Shrine in Japan, where four log pillars, the largest being 16 meters long, are cut out of the local fort or the nearby forest, and they are then ridden down the mountain in a ritual called uh, Kiyotoshi, and then floated across a river, something called Kawagoshi, and they are erected at the four corner posts of a shrine. Um, oh, these logs are colossal, Josh, Josh, and they can weigh up to 10 tons. Holy cow. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> and uh, it's not really a sport, but it kind of is because the object of the game is you get entire, you get all of these people, you get groups upwards in like the, the, the magnitude of hundreds to drag these giant logs around and then the men will jump up on top of them and attempt to ride them down the mountain. Um. <laughs> this is seen as a type of like ritual and or sacrifice to local forest deities, but it also replaces the four post pillars in this Japanese temple. So it yeah, revitalizes the power, the spiritual power of the temple. That Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be like, all right, we're, yeah, we uh, concluded the NBA championships. Here's our, here's our winning team. And then we're going to use the wood from the floor to make a homeless shelter <laughs> like, like it has some like kind of functionality beyond just the spectacle that's awesome yeah yeah and i classify it as a sport because number one um you can go look up videos of this i'll try and throw some up on the twitter when i post this oh gotcha but the object of the game is to ride these gigantic 16 meter 10 ton logs down the mountain where you cut them from um, and you can see these dudes riding down and Josh, don't they just get mashed up? Because I was just going to say, geez. this is a sport in its own right, because, oh my God, so many people in, in the hundreds get hurt. And even a couple people get killed every time this happens. That sounds absolutely right. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's, that's, that's horrible, but that's just it. You know, that's part of, 
part of the game, I guess. Part of the sport. Yeah. Well, that that also, it, I, I know this is different, but this, I'm also reminded of the other sort of Japanese game sport where, again, it's like teams of like 20 and like you have a pole that you have to hold upright and there's a flag at the top. And then the other team oh, like yeah. mobs, like mobs your guys and they're scrambling and kicking and biting and punching to like grab your flag and then you have your guys trying to do the same. Yeah, that's also super vicious about a wooden pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I again, it's not really so much of a thing, but it's mm-hmm. I like it because you know what? It's what we're talking about early on. It's like when does sport become when when does a religious event become a sport? When does a sport become a religious activity? And this, I think, is a good melding of the two. Yeah, no, and, totally. And the object of the sport is to not die and erect these four colossal pillars to make your temple great again. And that's yeah, pretty cool. That is sweet. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, I that I, that actually kind of ties into to one that I had. Um, kind of silly. Well, no, I, I don't want to say silly, but a but a sport that maybe is less familiar to us. Uh, and this is uh, fear lepin. Uh, which okay. is a West Frisian compound uh, for the words far leaping. And again, maybe you've seen this on YouTube uh, or or um, ESP Night, the, the, the EO show. Uh, but this is very popular in the Netherlands because they have all of these, um, yeah, like dikes and waterways. And it's basically like a combination of pole vault and long jump where... There's a pole that is that is mounted in the kind of waterbed, uh, and it's anywhere between eight and thirteen meters. That's twenty-six to forty-three feet. And the object is you sprint towards this pole, you leap onto this pole, your momentum is carrying you to the other side of the bank, and you need to climb up as fast as you can and then sort of vault yourself for distance. Um, oh yeah, I know. What you, yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this is this kind of start. This start off as a little more practical. Like, okay, yeah, I need to like get over these, um, yeah, these waterways here in the Netherlands. But then, like so many other things, there's somebody who could say. I'm sure there's somebody. Some Dutchman was like, oh, I bet I could jump farther than you. Oh yeah, I would like to see you try. Then it turned into this thing. And so some of the record holders, um, uh, uh, Jaco de Groot from Woerden Utrecht on uh, August 12th, 2017, uh, vaulted 72 feet, 10 inches. Um, sprinting, leaping onto this pole, climbing it straight up. No like, no, no like guidelines or anything. This, this could lean whatever direction. And then he leapt... Uh, a total of, of of almost 73 feet, um, which is amazing. Uh, they're climbing 73 feet? No, 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 they're they're climbing the pole, which is upwards of like okay. 40 feet. Oh, and then, oh, oh, and then, okay, I get it. And so then I they like, sort of... Holy shit, that's a... Yeah, that would be crazy. That's a, that's a feat in of itself. Okay, I get yeah, it. I get yeah, you, I get you. Yeah, that would be crazy, crazy good. Um, but, yeah, but then like the distance that uh, uh, Yako was able to... Uh, leap, yeah, was was almost seventy three feet. Um, the uh, ladies' record is uh, fifty nine feet eight inches by Merit uh, Vandewal from Heidenskip, Friesland, and she achieved that uh, July thirty first, twenty nineteen. Boys under thirteen, the record is sixty eight feet zero inches by uh, Vissa Brokstra from Vinsum, Friesland, 
And the girls under 18, or excuse me, under 16 record is uh, 57 feet, 10 inches by uh, Hanukkah Verstert from Yidjist, Friesland. I also just wanted to have fun pronouncing Frisian <laughs> words. Um, but yeah, that's another, that is one that I would be terrible at because I'm long and skinny and I don't have a lot of upper body strength. So I, I couldn't like climb up the pole before my ultimate leaping off of it. Um, I would probably either face plant into the sand on the other side or I get a bad angle and like face plant into the river. <laughs> I wouldn't even make it across. That's awesome. Pretty sweet. Do you have another silly, silly one, Mark? Or what do you think? Well, I got one silly one, but I'm going to save that one for my last one. Okay. All right, good. If you don't mind, I can just jump into hockey real quick and give you my quick hockey. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Do a short shift here, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> hockey reference. Um, Josh, I love hockey. I don't know if you knew that. I finally doubled down in these last couple of years and actually let myself get really into it, and I am all about it now. And so this is my really quick. Um, hockey, much like football, has its roots in history. <laughs> we have Egyptian relief from 1400 BCE, showing a game being played with a ball being hit by sticks. Okay, not really. Not really hockey, but still kind of, sort of. According to my Assassin's Creed Odyssey game that I'm currently replaying, did you know, and this is also backed up by Wikipedia, so we know it's true, did you know that the ancient Greeks also had a proto version of hockey? I did not know that, no. Yeah, apparently it was a game called uh, Karetzin, where people chased around a ball with sticks and hit it at goalposts. Like you're trying to hit it at goalposts. Yeah, that game they play in the Norsemen is basically what that is, but it was with teams of men instead of just like, you know. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But once again, once again, take a drink, listeners, take a drink, Josh. Um, Hockey is sympathetic magic across all spans of time. Um, Aztecs had it, uh, North American native tribes had it in the form of lacrosse in its own right. But I'm talking right now about that, that good shit, ice hockey. Ice hockey, not field, not roller, but ice, baby. Yep. Two 20-man teams are broken up into no more than six players at a time on the ice. And the object of the game is to drive a hard rubber disc called a puck up and down the ice into the other team's goal, which is guarded by a devoted goalie. This game lasts for three 20-minute periods with a break in between each period. It starts with a center circle face-off where the referee drops the puck between the two opposing players, who then fight to win position for their team. The face-off can also take place in multiple points around the uh, the, the field of play, uh, based off of, like, you know, different penalties and shit, or, like, you know, mm-hmm. offsides or, you know, repositioning, stuff like, uh, line, you know, line calls and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, players are allowed to use physical force to get the puck off their opponent. Body checking is allowed, but you cannot back check or hit somebody above their shoulder. Mm. Right. So I can gut check you, and that's totally kosher. But if you were to, like, you know, you being about a foot taller than me to, like, check me in the face, that's not okay. Yeah, not not okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's say that you did check me in the face, Josh. Well, you would be imposed with a minor penalty, and you need to leave the ice for two minutes and sit in a box. This then leaves your team open. And it's not always good to le- it's not always good to be the jerk, but sometimes it is. Um, I think about the, uh, what is it, 76 Philadelphia Flyers? They're like the most violent team in hockey yeah. history. <laughs> yeah, and like, like they were nothing but penalties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also something to be said for like hockey tough guys that like make people afraid to get the puck because I don't want to get hit. 
Right. Any yeah. anytime I get the puck, this guy's gonna slash. He's gonna take his stick and slash me behind the knees, and I'm gonna go down, and he'll get a penalty, but I'm gonna get hurt. So I'm just <laughs> not. You know, there's a psychological element to it, and I really appreciate yeah. how much that can play into it. You know. Yeah. It's not like you know nobody in basketball is gonna like throat chop a guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that is that is absolutely a part of the game that like fist fights regularly break out and people just like let it go like like the referees let it go the other players let it go i mean sometimes it spills in and there are other fist fights but and it's like mm-hmm. all right one of you took the other down to the ice now we now we can step in and break it up but um but yeah you're just you're just constantly just like just like grinding down the other dude and there there's yes that physical toughness but also that mental toughness knowing that you're going to get hit knowing that you're going to dish out some hits and yeah, sort of. So, so yes, there is that physical intimidation, but there's also that mental part of it too, of like not losing your cool unless you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Um, major penalties, or so fighting is a major penalty. You can fight three times in a game, and you get re- and then you get ejected. But say you and I were on different teams, and you and I get into a scrap. Um, you and I both got to sit in a penalty box for five minutes. Hmm. Because, you know, fighting is a bigger violation. Um, Really quick, I want to read an excerpt from Kevin Smith's book, Tough Shit, about his about why he likes hockey. Yeah. And I, this really sums it up for me, too. At any moment, <clears throat> see if I can do this like Kevin Smith. At any moment during a hockey game, someone might try to punch someone else in the face. I know it's not the sentiment a National Hockey League wants to promote, but there's a worse kept secret in marketing. The premise of violence puts asses in seats. Why shy away from that? What are the movies, aside from that, in the box office? Blockbuster action flicks. Why do we like action movies? Because we see imaginary promotional materials that show people fighting, exploding. That's what hockey is. Hockey is a mashup between sports and movies. At any moment, the players on the stage become so passionate about their performance, they may punch the motherfucker right in the mouth. (laughs) You don't get fistfights in baseball, basketball, football, and yet a rarely trumpeted marketing. Nobody sells the big three. We enjoy this aspect of athletic competition. And that really gets it for me. Yeah. Um, the greatest hockey player of all time, and, and again, this is our Jim Thorpe, this is our Michael Jordan, this is our Wilt Chamberlain, is a dude named Wayne Gretzky, Josh, and I'm sure you've heard of him. Yep. Over his 20-season career, which lasted from 1978 to 1999, he scored 894 goals and 200, or sorry, 2,857 points. So you can get a point when you, like, do an assist. He passes mm-hmm. to somebody, that guy makes the goal. Yeah. 2,857 fucking points in his career. Um, <laughs> he is far and away the most prolific and best hockey player of all time, and I spent a bulk of my research time just watching Wayne Gretzky Wayne Gr- yeah. hockey highlights. Yeah, there will never, never be anybody. No. Like, yeah, well, literally, he is. They call him the Great One for a reason. Number exactly. ninety nine is now a retired jersey. Are you a hockey guy, Josh? I so yeah. I I think I mentioned this before some point. So so I I got into hockey quite a bit. Um, and then yeah, it was sometime in the late nineties. They they had like a player strike. Um, and then I kind of got out of it. But no, I I appreciate hockey. I will I will happily um watch a hockey game if it's on there. And I mentioned, right, we have the the Blue Jackets here in Columbus. And I think they were, I think maybe a couple years ago, they were like often in playoff contention. I, I don't know how they're doing now. But yeah, it's been forever. I think the last, I the, the last hockey game I saw in person was an Avalanche one. But that was, yeah, like mid-2000s. It was a long time ago. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm all about it. I am a big fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I also okay. like the Seattle Kraken, and I also like the Boston Bruins. I like hockey a lot because it's so broad, and you can back yeah. more than one team, and no one's going to talk shit to you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite players is Tuka Rask. He started on Toronto, oh, yeah. and then uh-huh. he ended up in Boston as their goalie. And that little dude was goddamn insane, and he was a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. Back in May... During the playoffs, playoffs when Johnny and I went and saw Tenacious D in Kansas City, I got shit housed in a bar in DIA watching the uh, Vegas Knights play the Kraken, mm-hmm. and they just, they just mopped the floor with them. And Johnny got all mad at me because he's like, "Dude, how are you drunk?" And I'm like, "I've been here for four hours. What do you want me to do?" <laughs> and my boys lost, but I love hockey. And man, um, Toronto's first game is October 10th, and baby. I can guarantee you I'm going to watch it. Like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, uh, what, it, 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 I know that is, not that this, not that we intended to make this first sports episode about like kind of national, but, but yeah, like we talked about like football probably being the true heir to like America's pastime. I talked about basketball being like the sport invented in, in America. And yes, like hockey being hugely popular in Canada, uh, in Russia, uh, here in in the States too. And so I think that's, yeah, I think that's also kind of, because yeah, in the NHL, like, okay, let me, let me double think here. I believe there's only American football teams. The NBA has a handful of Canadian teams, but the NHL has... Like a fair number of um, yeah teams from Canada that that come down and compete, or we go up there and, and, and compete, um, and, yeah. and that's cool. That, 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 that well, is... and in Europe too, you get some crossover yeah, too. Right. And mm-hmm. I really, I, I like, I like to follow the uh, IIHF, the International Ice Hockey Federation. Yeah, right. Yeah, all those Nordic, yeah, all of the Nordic countries, the the Scandinavian countries. Russia's really good. Germany's yeah. pretty solid in its own right. Uh, yeah. The Greek hockey team sucks, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's all right, but but yeah, it is. It is a. I I appreciate it because it it, it also has that breadth too. Like yes, there's the things that uh, that uh, Kevin Smith is was discussing about, like just like violence could erupt at at any minute. But then there also is some really subtle like passing play and. Uh, it's also very technique oriented to when you get down to like a penalty shootout uh, after overtimes and you see these guys like just do, just do magic. They just work magic with, with the puck and their um, the stick. It's so stinking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I really like uh, Mitch Marner on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's, he's, he's goddamn, he's amazing. Okay. He nice. can do shit with the puck that is just so impressive and I love it. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's, Really quick and dirty on hockey, but I just wanted to shout it out because the season is about to start. It has started in some places. They, mm-hmm. they roll them out slower than, like, uh, football. Because I know, I know the Blue Jackets just played, and they lost to somebody, but I'm not sure who. That sounds about right. <laughs> but it was a it was kind of a shutout. It was like 2-7 to seven or something terrible. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had oh, who was it? We, we had a, a couple of good guys that was kind of our core, and then... I don't know if they got traded away or they went somewhere else. So, so as as we're winding down here, the the Mrs. Wizard and I, like we've been to an OSU football game, just talked about going to a to a uh, Columbus Clippers game. Uh, we've been to a mm-hmm. Crew game. I yeah, I, I think our next one is uh, Blue Jackets. So maybe this upcoming season we'll have to really keep an eye out, see if see when they're playing here, and um, head over to Nation 
nationwide arena, nationwide stadium. Um, okay. Yeah, see if we can. I, I also know what one of the things they do is after our goals, when, when our team scores a goal, they apparently have a cannon that they shoot, um, which is which is kind of again, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Well, and also all the other kind of fun things, right? Like like when um, when a player scores a scores a hat trick. Everybody throws their hats on three goals the, in a row. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three goals within a game. Yeah, everybody throws their hats, and then they have to like take a timeout, and they have like dedicated uh, staff members to go skate around and pick up all the hats, uh, <laughs> so they can so the play can resume. Um, but yeah, hockey's <laughs> hockey's pretty great. I was also meaning to ask you: Have you seen Slapshot, that movie? I don't think so. Oh baby, so that was what like seventy six. It's Paul Newman. Um, oh yeah, because it's about the flyers. Yeah, well, yeah well, I know. Well, well, kind okay. of. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. You're, yeah, I know what you're. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's inspired by that. And the and the Hanson brothers. Those are like the goons that go in, and they're the bruisers that just like immediately fight. And yeah, so Slapshot is a great movie. There's also man a bunch of really good sports movies too, like Slapshot. Uh, Miracle is Miracle, solid. Of the one about the uh, Miracle on Ice, when the U.S. Olympic team beat the uh, USSR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's solid. Yeah, even even the Mighty Ducks. Um, this is also like kind of late '90s, I want to say, about like an Alaskan like amateur team that they invite a professional team to come up in there and play it. What was it? It, it was it was like 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 way up north or like the the blue shit. What was that? Let me see if I can find it. Find it here. Um, yeah, there's some really there's some really good hockey movies. God damn. Uh, Stanley's Cup is an amazing episode of South Park. That's oh my god, it's so stinky good. Stan Marsh has got to teach a Pee hockey league. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they it's play so the Avs and <laughs> checking the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it, Mystery Alaska, Mystery Alaska. That's what it is. Oh yeah, okay, That's yeah. One. That's one. Uh, featuring a young Russell Crowe. That's right. Yes, that they, sounds about right. They yeah, play an outdoor game against the New York Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Enough about hockey. This is going to be a short shift. Um, give me another one of your weird sports. Well, this is I I we did not plan these these ahead of time, but this is absolutely appropriate given the the stick and ball games. Right, you talked about hockey sort of being in the same world as like lacrosse and things like that. This is this is uh, I guess the the sort of Irish take on this. This is hurling. Have you heard about hurling, Mark? A little bit, yeah, but not. I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, so like hurling is like it's like kind of part like field hockey and rugby, um, and I guess sort of basketball too, maybe or soccer or something. But yeah, so it's it, it's basically rugby, but you have uh, you have something like. That approximates a baseball uh, called a slither, uh, and then you have a wooden stick called a hurley, where it kind of comes from from hurling. And yeah, there's it's you basically run around on this giant field, and you can you can pass the ball uh, by hitting it with your hurley. Um, you can run with the hurley, but you have to like balance it on. Or excuse me. You can run with the slither, but you have to balance it on your hurley and like kind of bounce it up and down. So it's kind of like dribbling in basketball. And you can either like try to hit this thing 
through the bottom. So there's two vertical uprights and a crossbar. You can shoot it through the bottom part for three points, but there's a goalie, or you can shoot it in the above part, uh, kind of like a field goal for, for one point. And the story goes, oh, yeah, and, and the story goes how this sport kind of developed out of, again, like a stick and ball game, like a lacrosse or something like that, um, was apparently all of these uh, uh, Irish warriors in the medieval areas wanted to do some like cross training and like keep their sword arms active. And so they developed Hurley oh. to like, yeah, like kind of do like that. So, so Hurley's pretty freaking sweet. Um, if you like hockey, if you like rugby, um, that that's also I I I would suggest going on a YouTube bender and looking up <laughs> looking up games of hurling. Um, but um, but but yeah. So and and of course also tying back in to um, the religion parts there, there. There's also yeah something about um, yeah like maybe this like kind of paganish game was then sort of co-opted to uh yeah like spread spread the good word of christianity or or something like that too but um but yeah hurling's hurling's pretty sweet i i would like to try hurling i don't know if i could ever find one but yeah that's like a like a league here in the states i don't know something like that but but yeah that was my other kind of look into that yeah hurling huh that's cool yeah 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 what about you, man? Do you have do you have one more kind of fun, wacky sport to 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 bring us to a close here? Yeah, yeah. This is kind of like the the culmination of all things. Um, one thing that makes you and I such a good team, so to speak, is that you and I know each other's strengths and each other's shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, you would never say, "Hey, Mark, I challenge you to a deadlift contest," right? And I would never say, "Hey, Josh, I challenge you to any type of foot race," <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But I found one that crosses these streams, and I am like 900% sure that you and I not only could participate and dominate, but I think we're almost mandated. Okay, nice, 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 nice. This is a German sport called uh, Kaustenlauf. <laughs> All right. Or beer crate running. Oh, let's go. Okay. <laughs> now, I need you to go back in time to when you lived in Alamos and you'd sometimes come over here and we would get shithoused and start playing Mario Kart drunk driving and the object of the game is you got to finish your beer before you finish your race and you can't yeah. drink and drive. Well, mm-hmm. that's what uh, Kaustenlauf is. It's a 10-kilometer race where a, le- a team of at least two people carry one crate with with 20 bottles of beer in it across this like track and the object of the game is to consume the entire case before finishing the race that's awesome that is so awesome (laughs) (laughs) from nerdburglers.com these are the rules teams line up at the starting point with their crate at the signals all teams commence the race carrying their beer crate with them Team members alternate between running and drinking, so apparently you can drink and drive in this case. Okay, okay. Uh, But the object is to empty your beer crate before you reach the finish line, so you need to finish these beers. If a team finishes their crate before reaching the finish line, they must also carry the empty crate for the rest of the course. So, you know, uh, that's one of the big things that I saw was, like, Germany had, like, institute these rules, like, all right, well, we're not littering, so you need to keep all 20 bottles and 20 bottle caps with you or you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Um, 
the winning team is the one that it successfully empties their crate, but then also crosses crosses the finish line first. And dude, honestly, I really think <laughs> I think that you and I could crush this. Like, do, yeah. I'm sure that I can run a 10k with you if you just keep feeding me beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We we have our we have our well. That, that also kind of re, reminds me too. One of my, I am I am absolutely content and pleased and grateful and happy with my collegiate uh, track years. I I had a great career. I I have no reservations or anything like that. I have no re- regrets except for this one. Um, that I'm 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 mad that when I was training and in my prime, I never got to do a beer mile. Which sounds like a mini Croston uh, Loof Lauf. So so four miles on a standard track is a mile, and you have four bottles of beer, and that and so you drink a beer, run a lap, drink a beer, run a lap, um, and you run a mile. Oh God! And so yes, so that's four laps, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, four, four laps. And so yeah. I. My my older brother did some of my some of my other teammates did. We would meet up with our kind of in state rival, Western State, and uh, unofficially have a have a beer mile um, competition. And so and so I'm sad that I never got to do that. Um, but the, but hey man, you know I could start training now. I could get on that treadmill. I could get more PBR. <laughs> and <laughs> you and I, buddy, we could make we could make a good uh, a good uh, crowd. Krausten Lauf, Loof, what was it? Yeah, yeah, Krausten Lauf, yeah. Krausten Lauf, there we go. Crate run is what it uh, run. breaks down into in the German. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. but Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, shit, I we need to get down on this, man. Yeah, like, we could we could make that happen. We could have some and so so hey man, this is this was this was this ended up being like one of our like more like supersized episodes. Who who knew that you and I had so much to talk and get horned up about sports. Yeah. I reckon we were ready for some sports ball. I guess, I I, I guess we were. And, and I I also felt that we did a pretty good job of like, you know, covering the basics, getting into some kind of fun, little minutia, uh, doing, doing some kind of wacky sports. Uh, cause as you texted me just a few days ago, like, Hey man, check out, um, are the Ocho if you're having trouble finding <laughs> finding weird sports to, to talk about? Because <laughs> um, I again, l- like you mentioned too, this the sympathetic magic cross culture. There there is some sort of physical competition uh, to the victor go the spoils, go the recognition, go this extra large uh, jar of olive oil. Uh, <laughs> go. <laughs> And and we've talked about this in our buff wizards. We talked about the strong man. We had our episode on gladiators um, with chariot races and the now machia too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so you, you know maybe maybe come come spring, as uh, spring training is going on, as they're uh, conditioning the tennis courts again, we we might just have to non-committally but commit to a to a future sports episode and, and talk about some other some other cool kind of fun things uh but uh but yeah man thanks this was awesome yeah i i learned a lot i had a lot of fun like when i pitched to you like oh shit i screwed up our our scheduling this needs to be a loose robe i didn't realize that this was going to be 
as awesome as, you know, I, yeah. not to say that you and I don't put out quality material 99.999% of the time, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't realize how quality this was going to be. And this is a good yeah. one, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Well, 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 well thank you. And, and thank you for offering this and, and thank you for, cause, cause yeah, you did, you did double, double work than, than I did doing uh, football and, 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 and hockey. Not that it's a competition, uh, but <laughs> uh, listeners, we, as always love hearing from you. What are your experiences? Did you play sports in middle school, high school? Maybe there's some college athletes out there. Maybe there's some professional athletes listening to us. Are you a professional uh, loofer? Uh Which we would love to hear from you. We, we would love to talk race strategy as Mark and I uh, boot up the two Wizards team. Um, tell us your stories. What are some live events that you've seen? Have you... Did you have any particular memories is john elway your dad we we would love to hear we'd love to hear from you are you john elway are you john elway would you like to sponsor two colorado boys doing a podcast <laughs> we will we will become He's the denver coach now right our or general manager or owner something like that i, I know yeah. he's still involved i know he's still involved and he has a couple of car dealerships i think so if you want us to be the John Elway presents Two Wizards podcast. Get and you can make that happen. Please get in touch with us. Uh, you can send an email to Two Wizards Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter at Two Wizards Pod C1. We are doing our thing on Facebook. We're doing our thing on Instagram. Uh, always, always great to have some of that good old fan interaction. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. I'm doing stuff. Mark, you're also doing stuff. What's some of that stuff? Uh, we already mentioned the dangle podcast talks a little bit about uh can't wait to show my kids any highlights from those um highlights not so much in a weird uh twist johnny and i just did the one where hank takes bobby to the uh, college football game between nebraska and texas tech and i can shout out once again my granddad's favorite joke of all time say josh do you know what the n on the nebraska helmet stands for what knowledge Go check me out at Dango Podcast, a weekly retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill, or or find me on our other sister podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and our buddy Brad, sometimes Josh is there too, yep. we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and discuss the oh-so-important question of when is it ap- appropriate to show this to my kids. Um, find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, but above all things, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Um, we love you all. Uh, let us know what your favorite sports are. Um, who's your favorite player? Does Jim Thorpe deserve his own true wizards episode? Mm-hmm, Cause yeah. just in my cursory Wikipedia, per, uh, search there <laughs> at the beginning of this. And I was like, okay, no, this man needs one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let us know too. Let us know what else you want us to cover sports wise. Josh, there's a lot we can still get into there's so much. Man. Um, and you know, you know, too, um, I don't know, maybe we're due for a, I don't know, a cryptid hockey league or a, Ooh, or a, yeah. a cryptid uh, hurling league. We will might be, be a... yeah, we will be getting into spooky season before too long. So yeah, so if you have any ideas also about cryptid sports leagues, cryptid uh, uh, NBA drafts, wh- wh- whatever, please share your ideas. And yeah, we can absolutely come up with, we can come up with, I, I mean, you mentioned that it was the Washington Kraken. Who was the Kraken NFL team? Or, uh, NHL uh, C- team? Uh, yeah, Seattle, Seattle. Kraken. Yeah, Se- yeah, yeah, Seattle Kraken. Maybe that's it. Maybe we come up, yeah, with uh, uh, cryptid hockey or cryptid basketball. I mean, uh, unofficial mascot avalanche is Bigfoot. That's true. 
That is true also. You know? So it, it, so it might just be there already. Uh, but yes, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Always delighted. Always appreciative of you. My name is Josh, and I am a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I'm always ready for some football. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Good night, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all!